Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 9th of January, 2024, Hong Kong Stories Podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. We hope the year has started off swimmingly for all our fellow Hong Kongers, both here and around the world. We hear you, Hong Kong. We are listening. There's still a bit of time for Hong Kong students to submit their first versions of their stories to our Student Story Slam. The competition entry closes on the 14th of January. Take the opportunity to let your voice be heard. Find all the information at hongkongstories.com. Our next live show, By a Hair, will be on the 25th of January at the Fringe Club. There's still space for one more story, so get in touch if you feel you have one you want to tell. It's a good time to try something new. hongkongstories.com Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. And now for a story from the 2023 Hong Kong International Literary Festival live show. Here is Neherika. My granddad, I used to call him Baba, visited us one summer when we were living in Himachal in a small town in North India. Now our town was littered with wild mango trees. And that summer, all of the trees were bearing fruit. Baba loved mangoes, or I think he loved that the mangoes were free. (laughs) But bear in mind that the free mangoes were hard to reach. So this is during my early childhood years. I would sometimes climb onto his shoulders, or we would throw stones at the branches, but usually in vain. Then one morning, there was a storm, like think Typhoon 3. So Baba had an idea. He grabbed a sack in one hand, me in the other hand, and we rushed out. We rushed out to go to the trees and collect the mangoes that the storm would have knocked off. We ran from tree to tree, gathering mangoes of varying ripeness. I found a green one. Baba said, this green one is going to be perfect for pickles. You see, your amma is going to love them. Then he found an orange one. Look. This one, we can just squeeze and pulp the juice with our own hands. He was so excited. And I was excited too. But as the storm grew stronger and our sack grew heavier, it was time for us to go back home. So Baba swung the sack onto his shoulder and hoisted me on the other shoulder. Now, I was a chubby five-year-old. And Baba was a lean man. But... He had a lot of experience carrying things on his back. See, Baba was, uh, used to sell bath towels at a bazaar in Delhi. He didn't have a shop, so he would carry the towels on his back in a sack and then set them up on a pavement in the busy bazaar. And then at the end of the day, he would carry back the unsold bath towels on his back. So I trusted him to get us home safely. Needless to say, he did, and we delighted the full family with free mangoes of different colors and sizes. So this was actually the first memory that popped in my head when about 20 or so years later, I heard the news of him passing away. At that point, Baba was over 90. He'd been largely bedridden for a few years. So the news didn't come as a shock. Mom and dad rushed to Delhi to be with Amma and take care of the rituals. And my sister and I were to stay back in Hong Kong and 
go about our day. So we did. She got ready for school. I got ready for work. I got on the MTR feeling sort of like strange hollowness. I hadn't spoken to Baba for a while, maybe hadn't seen him in a couple of years, and yet it felt like a constant presence was missing from my life. Now, I felt strange about this because it's not like my relationship with Baba had remained as it was in my earliest memories of him. No. In fact, our relationship had transformed from being defined by friendship in my childhood to largely being defined by conflict in my adolescence years. I remember when I was about eight, my family moved to Delhi, and we started living in the same house as Baba, Amma, my uncle, and his family. Now, there were 10 of us in a three-bedroom unit. So it was a full house and a house full of conflict. We all had very different lifestyles and very loud voices. Baba's voice was often the loudest. He wanted his morning and evening tea at the exact same time every day with the exact same amount of butter on his toast. And I discovered not only did he not like paying for mangoes, he didn't like paying for anything. <laughs> he was not a fan of synthetic clothes, packaged food, private schools, short hair on girls, you name it. And he expressed these views loudly and proudly. Now, he not only spoke loudly, he also sang loudly. He sang at 5 AM while taking a shower without a thought for the rest of us still sleeping. He sang while praying. He sang on his way to work. He sang on his way back, swinging a sack of unsold towels on his back. He was 70 at that time, but he had radiant skin, perfect vision, and a straight spine. So he was doing something right, but goodness, was it annoying. <laughs> and not only was it annoying, honestly, he was so committed to his way of doing things, his ancient, villager-like way, that it was embarrassing. I remember I was in primary school when we had Grandparents' Day. All of the students put up a show for celebrating their grandparents. Amma and Baba showed up despite their disdain for private schools. And after the show, the grandparents were supposed to come to our classroom, sort of like a meet and greet. But before that could happen, I ran from the classroom. I ran and I hid in the staircase. Because Baba showed up to my school wearing his usual villager-style clothes, a dhoti and a kurta. Essentially, a loose white cotton cloth just like wrapped around his leg and a knee-length white cotton shirt. It's not like he didn't bother dressing up or anything. It's just that that's all he ever wore. The same white ensemble day in and day out. Whereas my friends' grandfathers, they wore Western clothes. They wore suits and ties and spoke in perfect English. Baba just didn't fit in. But I needed to fit in. So I bolted from the classroom and hid in the staircase so that I didn't have to parade my slightly centric granddad in front of my hoity-toity English medium private school classmates, no chance. 
I don't know if Baba himself ever went to school, but honestly, he was a math wizard. During Diwali, he would give us the tiniest amount of money possible and then say to us, if you can tell me two-fifths of that without using that blessed calculator of yours, I'll double it. Of course, we couldn't. And, you know, come to think of it, festival times with Baba were always, always fun. He was an amazing storyteller. He would always have new stories to share with us from the epics of Hindu mythology, like the Ramayana, Mahabharat, Bhagavad Gita. He often remembered entire passages word by word, sometimes even in Sanskrit. And then after the storytelling sessions, we would all sing prayers. Baba would lead the prayer with his usual vigor, and the rest of us would join him for the chorus. And sometimes I remember we used to even tap his bald head to the beat of our prayer song. I don't think he minded it. In fact, I think he sometimes enjoyed it. Another thing about Baba was his love for the Hindi language. I really admired his quick wit, though I would have never let him know that. If I didn't do my homework, he would have a doha or a couplet ready for me. Kal kare so aaj kar, aaj kare so ab. If I yelled at my mom, he would say, Aisi bani bolye, man ka apa khoi. I think our love and appreciation for Hindi language is definitely one of our inheritance from him. I was in high school when my family moved to Hong Kong. And then our visits back to Delhi were infrequent. We did speak to Baba and Amma occasionally, and especially during festival times. But that was it. Lost in all of these memories that day, I almost missed my stop on the MTR. But as I got off at Xiongwan, I probed my memories just one more time to recall the last interaction I had with Baba. I couldn't, I think. I think it must have been the usual call to wish him Happy Holi or Happy Diwali. He would have asked when I plan to get married. I would have pretended like the network was bad and then passed the phone to mom. <laughs> well, that's that, I thought, and then resolved to carry on with my day. As I got to work, my manager greeted me. Hey, happy Friday, how are you? I'm fine, I said. But then, after a brief pause, I heard myself say, Actually, I'm not. My granddad passed away this morning. My manager got up, came to me, and gave me a hug. I'm sorry, she said. Were you too close? I think, I think we were, I said. I think we were. Thanks for listening to today's stories brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast was written and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell. <laughs>